Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Payton, and today I'm joined once again by the Ryan Vaughn. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. Good to be here. Number two. Number two. Um, man, well, where do we begin? I mean, you're the weatherman. You're the guy that controls all of this. Controls. Yeah, that's what the kids say. I'm not. I'm not going with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I've always said, you know, you can't. You know when people are like, oh, you dialed up a good one today, Ryan. I'm like, well, okay, so do I, do I get blamed when there's tornadoes? I, I don't want that either. Yeah, you don't want that one. No, I'm not, I'm not taking that. Well, we're actually going to, you know, we, we have these rapid-fire questions at the end of every episode, and we're going to have like a little bonus today because this morning as I was getting ready to leave the house, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to text about, I don't know. 13. 10. Was it 13? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> And bizarre that you knew that. Well, I looked. I was like, good Lord, I'm on a group text with a thousand people. Oh, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I like that you actually took time to count them. But I, I sent it to 13 different people, just friends of ours, and was just like, hey, ask your kids on the way to school if they have a question for Ryan Vaughn. Oh, dear. And, that, and, we, and, and, and interesting enough, look, I have 13 questions. Oh. What do you think about that? Yeah. So, like, everyone responded. Um, but, yeah, we'll do that at the end. Before we, we get into that, man, uh, tell me – just kind of how life has been. Catch us up. Last time you came on, we talked a little bit about your story, but um, I do want to hear more about where you came from because oh I don't remember. I didn't remember that you grew up in the hood. I remember that you were <laughs> that you got into a little bit of trouble here and there. And, yeah, and, and yeah. that was uh, those were some good stories. But you actually grew up in the hood in Nashville. Sure. It may not be fair, but if you look at a map of like crime in Nashville, it is the highest crime in the entire city. Okay. So. And it was that way. It was. It started getting bad in the 90s. And if anybody is familiar with Nashville, it's Antioch. So okay. uh, Antioch is in South Nashville. Um, and, you, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, great middle class place to live 90s started going downhill and really it's been in the past few years and mainly just because real estate is crazy in nashville it's it's turning around because um that's the only place middle class people can afford now um and so people are coming in there and and you know cleaning it up and but but crime got pretty bad in the mid 90s uh when when we were there and so what do you mean like it got pretty bad like what when you're saying the crime was you know we had people um we had people charged with murder that we went to school with. You know, one of my close friends was charged with murder. And, one um, of your close friends yeah. was charged with murder? Yep. When he was how old? Three, three friends, but one of my close friends. Jeez. And he was 15. 15? Mm-hmm. Wow. What happened? Uh, him and two other guys uh, were out for the night uh, doing goofy things like snatching purses and things. And one of the guys um, tried to use an ATM card. And went to the ATM while the other two guys, including my close friend, stayed in the car and tried to rob a woman for $20. She said that gun is fake. And he, I guess, wanted to prove that's not. Wow. That was one very traumatic period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's traumatic. Did and, uh, that totally shock you from the, coming from this kid? Yeah. I mean, you know, and if young people are, are listening, um, he was a follower. So I, I tell my kids all the time, you've got to. You've got to watch who you're with. I mean, he had a level of responsibility in that entire thing, but the main crime was not him. But in Tennessee, if you're with the people, you're charged with the exact same thing. So, um, Did you lose touch with him? No, we still talk uh, every now and then. Um, he is out of jail. He served, I believe, 14 years, 15 Jeez. years, and uh, has gotten out and has wife and kids and just a great story of, of – uh, Redemption from from so his he's past. turned out okay. Then he's he turned out really good. Part of the system and all that. No, the one that uh, the one that did uh, do the shooting uh, still in jail and has uh, actually been in more trouble in jail since then. And then the third one committed suicide in jail. Mm. It's so hard whenever you get put into it. I'll just use the word the system mm -hmm. at that age right. to get out of it. I mean, it seems like it really does kind of create this cycle where once you're in it, like right. it just forms you. In a way that it's hard to get out of. So it's yeah. pretty incredible that your friend bounced back. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. So growing up in the hood, I guess 
Did you live with your mom and dad? I did. My parents divorced when I was about six months old. So uh, I had my mom and my stepdad, and then uh, my dad and my stepmom lived somewhere else. Okay. So you lived primarily with your mom, you said? Until I was in high school, and then I moved in with dad. Okay. Gotcha. So growing up in the hood in the 90s, <laughs> um, I love your, that. Your, your plan, I'm guessing, at that point was like, were you thinking, I've got to get out of this? Like, I've got to find no, a better actually, life for I myself? I didn't really. You know, I, I, um, I didn't. I, at the time, I guess I really didn't even understand that I lived differently than the other people okay you know uh because you know every, like i said it's a middle class er- area um and we didn't even re- at the time didn't even recognize that crime was high you know really it no. just is what it is it just is what it's it like is a fish doesn't know it's wet yeah it's and like, we look back it. now like jennifer and i've talked you know someone was stabbed one time one morning at school and uh like you didn't even think about it till you're like in your 30s almost you're like i guess when you move to Paragol and it's like <laughs> someone someone says something about the bad part of town or something you're like there's not a bad part of town in Paragould. Man, dude. <laughs> How do you think that formed you? Have you ever done any work on that? Like, just thinking of... Because, like, I would just think... Obviously, we're shaped by our environment. Right. Like, we cannot not be. And we talk about that uh, a lot here, even. It's just like, you know, think about even political your political views. Like, if you grow up in Paragould, Arkansas versus Portland, Oregon, you're going to see the world You're going to get molded differently. In yeah. a lot of different ways. So, like... Have you ever done much work and thinking through like how did that shape me and like how I view the world? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, I appreciate I appreciate where we live. I think you know a lot of times people are like, you know, you're not from here, so why why have you been here twenty plus years? And it's like because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and now this is home. Nashville's visiting. This is home now. But how it shaped me? I mean, um, I'm gonna be honest. When when we first moved back to Paragold because you remember I, w- I was here we went to Alabama for two and a half years mm-hmm. and then we came back one thing that kind of scared me is um I'm very much against racism mm-hmm. you know when I went to school it was you know a third of us were white a third of us were Asian a third of us were African-American and and there wasn't that um that that diversity here yeah so I, I kind of wanted to make sure you know my kids never uh, had any kind of prejudice or anything like that. So that did that, that kind of, I guess, molded me, I guess, in, in how I am now. And so, and then coming from Montgomery, Alabama to Paragould, Arkansas, it was a change also. So that oh, was something that we kind of thought, you know, we, we want to make sure that our, our kids are, are raised in a way where, um, you know, they don't prejudge people on, uh, based on, on race or, or, or economic class or any of that. Yes. So, yeah, no, that's good. I, your time in Montgomery, I'm curious. You said you're there for two years? Two and a half years. Two yeah. and a half years. How was your time there? Loved it. Now, I crime like is high in Montgomery, man. but yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. Cool. That's a cool place. Um, you know, we're going to talk about storms and all that here in Love Storms. I'm going to have you come on because we, you know, are entering into storm season, right? Yeah. Tornado season. Um, but I want to go back for a second. You graduated you, when in Nashville? When did you graduate high school? 1996. 1996. I want to talk about the 90s for you. I told you a while ago, <laughs> like, I just finished a book yeah. on the 90s. Chuck, I don't know how you say his last name. Is it Klosterman? I don't know how you say it, but phenomenal read. Matthew Miller actually is one that turned me on to it. Uh, him and I think uh, Robert Thompson and Dame Wombach read it together in this book club. And so... Um, what were you into in the 90s? Because I just... I, I'm wanting to go back. And I mean, it's such a, it was such a... I feel like not every decade's created equal. Right. I mean, I look back at the 90s, like it's one of those things like where you, when you're in it, you're just in it and it's like not that special. But it's like I look back and it's like, man, like in the 90s, I really felt things begin to change, right? Like drastically. It's like there was a time where at the beginning of the 90s, you get a cassette tape. You like, for example, if you want to listen to music, you can only listen to a song if it comes on the radio. Right. Or on MTV, or you actually go and buy the the whole thing. And then eventually, like, Napster came along and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just reality TV, everything changed. Music, all of it. Movies, pop culture, technology, like, cloning, and all that kind of stuff came on. As you look back at your time in the 90s, I'm just curious, like, what were you into? Like, what was the stuff that was forming you back in that decade? See, you read the book, so you telling me some of the stuff just kind of, like, pulled some of that back out oh, you know man, like comes nirvana and the grunge movement like everything and see that's like, what I, okay Dr. so this Dre, is what I, like, I, okay now you're getting Wu-Tang. back in it you're, you're <laughs> getting back because we started talking about the 90s i'm like okay you, you may have been like nirvana yes and, and i was like smashing pumpkins and all dr that. dre yes. and uh, ice cube and, and 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 um you know and eminem eventually made onto the scene with all that but mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, when I think back to the, you talk about music. Man, like also. No cell phones, man. All this is a different time. Well, I had a bag phone when I was 16. Did you really? Yeah. A bag phone? Like yeah. the one that plugs into a cigarette lighter? Yeah. Like in your yeah. So okay. I would, I would shove it between my seat and the console and the Camaro and, and the wire came out and it just stayed beside the gear. Did shift. you ever make calls on that thing? Yeah. But it was like. $8 a minute or something. I was about to say, dude. <laughs> How did you have the money for that? Uh, well, I th- if I remember correctly, I think yeah, I think it was through my dad's plumbing company. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, like, maybe it was a tax write-off or something. Yeah. I don't remember. But, what yeah, you, I was what definitely. What were you driving? Uh, 1980 Camaro. Dang, dude. Yeah. That was pretty sharp. I say it was gold. My wife says it was brown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something. Oh, yeah, it was a gold Camaro. And she's like, brown. Do you have okay. any speakers in that thing? I did. JVC 12-inch uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> speakers in the back. Yeah. Six by nines in the... And then, uh, what was that? Uh, I forget the brand name of the tweeters up front. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. And so, yeah. You said Wu-Tang, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube. Who else were you listening to? Oh, Tribe influences? Called Quest. Um uh, who else, man? It just all runs together now. That's, mm-hmm. We were talking about memory before this, also that mm-hmm. memory goes away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it goes away. But we had a lot of local rappers also uh, back then. Uh, so we had uh, Eric McAnally, the Southside Hustler. Google that one. Uh, Haystack. Uh, in fact, a popular one now. He, he was younger than I was, but Jelly Roll went to my high school. Yeah, I saw that. I was looking up the. Uh, like Wikipedia, and there's four famous people. Yeah, from Antioch. From Antioch, yeah. Uh, uh, Yellow Wolf is from. Uh, went to school with us. Yellow Wolf actually graduated with Jennifer. So really, my wife for those. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And then Dave Ramsey. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so yeah. very Aren't, similar to Jelly Roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, you know, you you're talking about interesting people in town. My mother-in-law lives here now. And uh, she used to babysit Dave Ramsey. Wow. Yeah. So. We, we got a petition. I know Wikipedia, you can just add whatever. So maybe I'll add this before the podcast is over. <laughs> You're not listed as a famous person. From I, I'm not Yellow Nashville. Wolf or Jelly Roll. Or, <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. I haven't seen how many Twitter followers you I have. mean, you got Cody Clark, who was born there, but not really from there. But he played at Arkansas. Yeah. And now he plays basketball in Israel. He's on there. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. How do you get your name thrown in the hat? Uh, I, I, I think I someone literally. added it one time and then someone deleted oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just, um, yeah, I had to ask you that question because anytime that I look back on my experience in the 90s, I am, I'm just more and more grateful for that time period, which I guess makes me sound old because now I'm officially that guy that yeah. is like, well, back whenever I was young, you know, we actually had to dot, 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 yeah. or whatever. So I was just curious what the 90s was like for you. So hip-hop was a big thing. Hip-hop was of- really big. Uh, you know, you talk about music. We bought the singles. We didn't buy the whole. Yeah, remember the, the singles? The CD? The, the, cassette? The, the, the cassette. I think they were like $1.99 at Camelot or Damn, something. Man. Yeah, it's like I didn't want to commit to buying an entire tape, which, you know, looking back now, it's like, okay, you bought a song for $1.99, but you could have bought the entire cassette for $9.99 and get 15 songs. Yes. Not a smart move. And most of them are not going to be good. Well, that's true. Yeah, like, you know, like I went and listened to, um, don't judge me for this, because I was just, again, I was on this, like, 90s rabbit hole, but I went and listened to Vanilla Ice's first CD. Yeah. Or a cassette. Not good. Have you ever heard it? Oh, there's some really bad. Oh, it's yeah. awful. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm no joke, like, you could probably, if you and I today and Chris, if we got together and tried to, like, compose a rap song, yeah. I think we could do better than that. The Garage Band app. It, in high school, me and another friend whose initials were also CC, we tried to form a rap group called C4. Oh. And, we, and we had one line that was just like, uh, we were, I don't remember what it was, but it was something like, we're C4 and we'll explode on the set. Wow. And then I would start trying to crip walk in front of my high school class. So you if you know how, how to that? crip walk, then. Oh, it was bad. But I don't I, okay, know so what that means. But I tried. You know, I, I have no idea I, what that means. That is like, uh, that, that's almost bucket list mm-hmm. for me to be able to crip walk well. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't it, know what a crip walk? No, I have no dance. idea. It's, it's a, a dance. dance. Okay. It is the coolest hip hop dance in my opinion. For real? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, YouTube that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> they all know, Jared. You're, you're left out on this. <laughs> it's like, They're no, all Jared, listening right now, Jared. Goodness. Yeah. It's not going to be the first time. Pastor doesn't know yeah. Crip Walk. <laughs> I want you to learn how to Crip Walk and come out on the stage Crip Walk. Oh, there it is. There it is. Hang on, hold on. Hold on. It's not it. Yeah. Is, is that this Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg doing it on Ellen. So There it is. Can you, you just kind of like floating your, your feet around? 
He's not very flashy on it, honestly. Yeah. He's sn- Ice Cube is a better uh, <laughs> Crip Walker. Yeah. So, yeah, look up Ice Cube Crip Walking. Or uh, who's the famous tennis player? Um, John McEnroe? No, no, no. Female. Oh. Uh, sisters. Oh, One of the- Serena? oh, Serena and Venus. Oh, Venus. One of, well, I think it was Serena. That no, sounds right. Crip Walks. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, Anyways. That sounds right. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, if anyone out there wants to teach us how to Crip Walk, <laughs> please do uh you sent me a video recently of you standing at the property of the jones murders yeah um so we've talked about that a couple of different times on the podcast uh not you and i but uh, see it was me i guess judge phil hours and mm-hmm. then uh jd stevenson jd stevenson talked yeah. about it um you you have an interest in that, I guess. Like, are you are you interested just primarily in Paragold history, or is it the murder mystery aspect, or is it just the fact that that's an absolutely insane story? Oh, no. So this is how this came out. I thought I lived in the Jones house for about seven minutes or so. <laughs> so I got a phone. No, it was text message. So I'm texting with someone, and I said, no, we just recently moved. And I said where we moved, and they go, oh, do you live where the Joneses were murdered? And I go, uh, hope not. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, don't know. And so you start, so I immediately called my neighbor, uh, and, and, and Joe Barnett. And I was like, Hey, Hey, uh, do I live in the house that people got murdered in? <laughs> and, uh, he goes, no, 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 no. That's up there. Yeah. yeah. That's up the hill. And, and it's actually torn down mm. now, Appreciate but the driveway you know is still why there. They tore it down? Is it really? Probably because yeah. nobody wanted to live there. Probably. I mean, I'm just guessing. It's it's, I mean, it's, commercial it's literally property, right yeah. up from your house and that empty lot. Right yeah, I believe the... it says Mexican restaurant coming soon, but it's had oh. that sign for like six years. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Well, the, the the driveway's still there. Yeah. So then I got interested in it because when did you get interested in the story? Uh, seven years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so when that time, I was like, "What? What do you mean the Jones murder?" And so then I started poking around on it a little bit. And then Trey Stafford, who is the best storyteller in Northeast Arkansas. We got to get him on the podcast. Oh yeah. I mean, him telling the story, I, I was just floored, which you guys, you know, go back and listen to Phil hours or, or JD Stevenson, but it's a wild. Have we covered everything? I know you listen to Stevenson I and Phil. I think hours. so. Um, I hear there was a mistress involved also that it was, yes. that was with Dr. Jones. Yes. Um, who, who, I think one thing that may have been left out is she was charged oh, because she initially that. thought that's what I was told. She that didn't tell anybody. She didn't, well, she came forward and said, Oh no, this is all my fault. This is, so she admitted to the conspiracy of it, even though she wasn't the one oh, that hired see, me. See, I didn't know that she was involved in it. Now, that's what I was told. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, there's probably 13 oh, different stories, sure. but, um, it's just a wild story. I mean, and where the, how the, do you remember uh, the guy's name that actually was eventually convicted? Because I don't think I've, we've ever asked that. I should have asked JD that question. It is online because I have read an article. Do you know where it. he's at? Mm-mm. Sure don't. One of the things that JD had said that I didn't know whenever Judge Fillers came on was that he was, uh, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, was basically considered a serial killer. Yes, because they think that he's tied to a murder in North Carolina and then, of course, the murders in Jonesboro. Uh, obviously didn't have any regard at all for life i mean if you're just going to um you know when you when you rob someone that's one thing but if you rob and kill them and you really don't have to kill them it's kind of kind of kind of dark very dark it is very dark it's uh but it's one of the craziest stories i've ever heard and like the twist even of someone was listening it was uh, was clifton garmouth came in the other day and he was like hey man i've been listening to podcasts and he didn't know all the details of that murder and he's like that's insane. And everyone yeah. that hears that story is like, it's insane. And if you haven't heard it, by the way, you can go and listen to, I don't know what episodes those are, but one of them is with Judge Phil Hours um, here on the podcast and with J.D. Stevenson. But just the, even the – coincidence is a terrible word for it, but like how they caught the guy. Oh, which yeah. Which was someone showing up with Mrs. Jones jewelry down here in downtown Paragould to sell it, and they're like, hey – you must be the one that killed Mrs. Jones. And they're like, actually, they didn't know anything about that. They're like, we got this jewelry from a guy that we traded fake arrowheads to. Yeah. So it went from here to Arizona. Yes. That's what JD said. Back to here. Yeah. And then it's a wild story. I mean, it literally, it could be a movie and you wouldn't think it was based on a true story. Like it could be a movie mm-hmm. movie and they're like, well, that was a little far fetched. And I was yeah. like, nope, that's true. And the, my, my favorite part of the story is whenever <laughs> they're interviewing the guy who actually was convicted of the murder 
And they're like, he he knows nothing about the backstory. Yeah, he knows, he knows nothing, nothing about, about the, the man, nothing about nothing that. about the affair. Like, okay, but he comes clean. Yeah, and they're just like, tell us what's up, man. What happened? He goes, he's just perplexed by. It. He's like, well, I just show up to you know, like pull the pull a gun on the guy. And Dr. Jones just looks at me and says, hey, my wife's not here yet, but come on in. Come on in, yeah. And he's just like blown away like, uh. And he's like, uh, I paid you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, what, then was, and then he was like, yeah, and then that's he was like, I said. called it off. I called it off. And he's like, called what off? I don't know what you're talking about. I just want your money. I mean, it's just like, it's wild. Yeah, right here in Paragold. Yeah, so maybe I can pull some connections and we get we get a movie. You know, Gray TV owns a, you know, part of a movie industry. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a. What TV does? Great, great television uh, owners of of, of K eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Someone asked me by the way, uh, why is K eight called K eight? I don't even know. K a i t is yeah, the K-A-T. call letters. Okay, and so uh, in the beginning, someone just said K, and then the a i t, uh, which stands for something else. Also, airport something something, and then just simplified it to K eight. By the way, Randy Philhauer's episode is September. 16 2022 it's a very and, good one he also then, talks about his haunted house on there and jd stevenson's is january 27th 2023 what do you think about that haunted houses i don't think i heard that part of it did i hear maybe i didn't hear that part or maybe it's all run together oh, it's, it's that memory there. it's on there he lives in the um actually down the street from us in the old bird tig house yeah um and it's haunted well he says it is you know do you know adolph Bertig? No. You know that story? No. He, um, I'm pulling up a picture of the house the way it looked originally. Adolf Bertig is kind of one of the guys who's considered uh, responsible for kind of making Paragold more of kind of a cosmopolitan top town. I mean, he was a huge business guy. Yeah. Uh, moved here from Germany. This is the um, this house right here. Oh, that house. It's still yeah. Standing. Yeah. And so, um, but he owned just he had a ton of businesses here in town, and during the Great Depression. Like obviously, like stuff went south, and he had to lay off people and fell into some just major depression. And he called for his wife to um, draw him a bath. She did, and he goes into the bathtub and kills himself while she's like somewhere else in the house. Um, he still has the bathtub in his house. Uh, Judge Fillers does. Whoa. Yeah, still has the bathtub. Yeah, it's and, haunted. Uh, and, and so, like, he was on the podcast, and I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, is your house haunted? And he's like, yeah. Just like, no. <laughs> just like, like, yeah, just like, like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it is. And he was, and he said that, um, he said that sometimes, like, at odd hours, or like, early in the morning time, but it can be any time in the morning time, they'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, you'll smell toast cooking. And he's like, I'm like, you mean it's like your heater? He's like, no, 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 no. And then he said, it's like toast. I know what toast smells like. And I know what like a heater smells like. And then he said, there's other times in the house where you'll be sitting there and all of a sudden it's like someone just blew cigarette smoke into your face. And then he really? also, and then he says, there's times you're sitting downstairs and you'll hear like, like upstairs or whatever. <laughs> so I'd be out. I would be out. That, I'd be out. I'd be out. I'd be out. I don't know. I, see, I don't believe in like ghosts and stuff. That's but yeah. I don't, but. It still freaked me out enough where I'm like, stories, I'm out. Man. Yeah. We've had My house still- is not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because there was nobody murdered. Yeah, there. there's nobody murdered there. Well, anyways, yeah. Go. What did you say that episode was, Chris? Uh, Randy Philhowers. Yeah. His was September 16th, uh, 2022. It's worth going and listening to. Yeah. So um, let's talk about storms. Okay. So we're entering. Are we, are we, are we're in we it. In? We're in it. When is tornado season? You know, for us, it starts ramping up in March. Um I always look at the first week of April as kind of our peak. And if you look at uh, the bad tornadoes we've had, um, March 28th, mm-hmm. um, 2020 was Jonesboro. March 31st is now when um, Marmaduke tornado was April 2nd. So you can kind of you can kind of draw in your head the your your own bell curve there of, of where it is. But we, we live in a unique place where uh, there is no safe period, really, of tornado-free weather. Hmm. If there is, it's like June, July, August. We kind of find our place. Our, our, really? Yeah, you don't, have the, you don't have the dynamics. You get big it's storms. It's dry? Not really. I mean, you get big storms. You get hail storms. Yes, you get, but you don't get tornadoes. I mean, really, our tornado threat starts greatly ramping down at the end of May and into June and July, um, which is 
what I consider my quiet time. I mean, we have very little tornadoes. We we don't do a whole lot of school visits. So it's like yeah. that is my quiet mm, time. It's a good time to be yeah. able to relax. Yeah, it is. It's a relaxing time. So, What is it that makes uh, that that window you're talking about in, in late March, early April, what is it that makes that That's- prime time for tornadoes? It's transition period. I mean, you're going, you're coming out of, you're coming out of the cold season. You're going into the warm season. Uh, you start getting that fetch of Gulf moisture. Temperatures are rising in the ocean. Uh, the jet stream still dipping far enough down to the south, like it does in the winter, where you really get the dynamics for tornadoes. Because when it comes to in- ingredients for tornadoes, I mean, you need the instability. You need the fuel, the heat uh, source from the south, but you also need the the changing of winds as you go up through the atmosphere and. And, and you lose that in the summer. That goes all the way up into Canada. So you lose that in the summer. And then in the winter, you don't really ever tap into that warm air, typically. But, I mean, we learned on December 10th with uh, Monette and mm-hmm. Leechville uh, that if you do tap into that, then it's bad. So there, uh, that's why I was kind of saying there's no real good safe period here uh, because uh, we can find ourselves in a tornadic situation in December. Uh, one of our worst outbreaks ever was in January of 1999. We had 62 tornadoes across the state over a two-day period. When was that? 1999. Okay, and that happened in this area. Yeah. Okay, Grant and I, that's my brother, we were just talking about this. um, We're on the treadmill beside each other anytime, and I used to be terrified of storms, Mm -hmm. terrified. And um, that outbreak, like, gave me courage like for the first time in my life because what happened is that you know i was always afraid of I mean, if there's a tornado gonna come i'm gonna die that's yeah. just in my mind this is why I, you know irrational kind of fear of like yeah. tornado comes i'm gonna die and there were a ton i mean how many did you say there was uh, that broke i out? believe it was 60 to 62 it was, a lot. it was over 60 how many in green county do you, remember, you have any idea on that because i told grant i was like i'm pretty sure that there was like 10 or it was it was a lot but I remember walking away from that event being like, wow, if we can have that many tornadoes break out and I still live, like my chances are probably pretty good. And at that point forward, I don't ever remember being scared of storms again. But we were trying to remember the date. Oh, there were a lot. Let's see. So January 21st, 1999, Green County had one, two, three, three tornadoes on the 21st and on the 17th had two. So it was a long week. Okay. Yeah. I just remember, and maybe that wasn't the exact day. I don't remember, but... For some reason, I was thinking I was in ninth grade, which would have been in 99, so that probably had to have been it. Yeah. And I just remember even in the schools, they were talking about, like, are we going to have to close early? They were really keeping an eye on the weather. It was nuts. I mean, I, five I tornadoes remember January, in, though. Five tornadoes in one week for a county is crazy. I mean, it, crazy. I mean, to have one tornado has in that a happened year. since then? I doubt it. I'd have to look, but I doubt it. That has I just to be remember the it greatest was like sirens day. going off. Like, it seemed like constantly yeah like you'd, you'd miss one like here we go again um this is getting into a few of the questions that even kids are asking and so i'll just try to remember not to ask these again um some of the kids uh submitted um but what makes a tornado an actual tornado um actually it's one of the questions that luke Allen's son leo asked like like what is it is it just is it just some sort of rotation? Yeah, is it's that a, it? yeah. It's uh, so a tornado is a, a rapidly spinning column of air. Now, typically, how that forms is uh, you have the instability, which is the rising air. We see rising air when we, you know, when we go outside on a warm day and you see the clouds bubbling up. They look like cauliflower. Mm-hmm. That's rising air. That's instability. We've all seen that. And then, so anytime you see that cloud, you're like, ooh. Yeah, that's thunderstorms. That's a thunderstorm building up. Now, okay. it may not be a tornadic uh, sure. thunderstorm uh, because that's just one ingredient. That's just the instability. And that's why I was kind of hitting on about uh, in June and July, uh, we may get big storms. They may dump a lot of heavy rain. They may have even hail and, mm-hmm. and wind. But you need that other ingredient, which is either change in direction of the wind as you go up through the atmosphere. So like at the surface, wind may be going out of the southeast. Huh. Um and then as you go 5,000, 6,000 feet up, the winds start changing as you go up with height. Why does that happen? Uh, just uh, jet streams, uh, low-level jets, uh, just all kinds of things. Usually some sort of storm system is coming in that changes the winds as you go up with height. So that's directional shear. It's a different direction. But we also have speed shear. And you can have both also, but you can have speed shear also, which would be, you know, let's say we have winds at 65 knots uh, higher uh, than the surface, well, then that also creates spin because it's it's like 
you know, if I, if I take two moving wheels and I put one of the wheels beside the other one, it's going to start spinning the other one also. So you have speed shear also. So that's happening. Yeah, that's, in whether the there's a tornado or not, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and, and if, if you have that shear, a lot of times that will just stay aloft. Uh, but if you have that instability to tilt that shear vertically, and I'm trying not to get too nerdy on you, but no, uh, you, you tilt that vertically, that's when you get your tornadoes. That's tornado genesis. So was it um, was it last month that we had like the perfect ingredients for tornado outbreak? I remember talking to Grant about this, and I think you were other people were talking about. Was yeah. it last month? There was it's like one day together. specifically that I think like it was high thread. I y'all y'all do your little right, right. Like you know, um, so that's what you're talking about though. Like I've heard you say this before. Like all the ingredients are in the all bowl. the ingredients are there. But the thing is, you can have all the ingredients there, and, and it'd be a sunny happen. day. Well, maybe not a sunny day, but it, 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 it's probably still going to be stormy. But okay, you can have all the ingredients there and just get thunderstorms, which is awesome. Um, yes. But, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, um, here's my analogy. is Let's say you have a family reunion and you have two people that don't get along. Mm. You don't know that they're going to get in an argument. But, you know, everybody's like, yeah. oh, Bill and Bob are both going to be there. You know what that means. You know, it's kind of like that. You got instability, you got shear, and you got all the ingredients there. Bill and Bob may get along just fine, but more than likely, Bill and Bob are going to, you know, argue about something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 What so, is the thing that ultimately triggers that? Like that fight, that conflict, that tornado? Like, is there mm-hmm. a, is there a, because you've got the ingredients right. in the bowl. Is there one thing that specifically triggers it that then I ignites I say it? Say something. No, no, I wouldn't. It's not, not really. I mean, it's not. You know, there's little things like we have what's called a convective temperature. Let's say at 86 degrees, the the air will start rising, and and and, and that is the threshold to be unstable. You know, let's say some more clouds come in early, or some rain comes in, and we don't hit 86. Well, okay, then that was the limiting factor for the day. You know that that kind of thing. Or, or let's say you know the instability is there, and we have thunderstorms, we have thunder and lightning, but um, you know the speed shear never really increased because we're, we're looking at models. It models the atmosphere. It, it's not. It's not the gospel. It's not, you know, this, this sure. promise of, of speed shear. Maybe it goes a little bit to the north. Maybe it goes down to the south. Um, you know, it's not an exact science also. So we can even say all the ingredients are come together, and they may not. Mm. But yeah. sometimes they all come together and still may not. Yeah, yeah. Not an exact science. So um, makes the job difficult because you do have people who are like, well, you said this, that, and the other, <laughs> and it didn't happen. It's do like, y'all get that quite a bit? We, we do, but not... Honestly, this area is pretty good. I mean, it's I, I hear I hear stories from other meteorologists around the country where, you know, here it's like, you know, you get one or two. Here, here's the problem: even on March 31st, wind gets hit, mm-hmm. horrible tornado. You know, so many people are displaced. We, we you, what size was that by the way? EF three oh, just geez. demolished a high school. Just did all this, and I still had someone say well it wasn't quite as bad as what you thought and i'm like because because your house house didn't get hit i mean it it, it's hard for me to get angry at not get angry at stuff like that sure because you know that night i'm down and win you know hour and a half hour after wind gets hit you're seeing the faces of people and the devastation and so it's ignorance and it's it's insensitivity yeah like like it's just it's a uh it shows how much we live in our little world. Mm. It's like very, very selfish small comment. little world. Yeah. Yeah. Very selfish comment. I mean, when, we, we forecast for 22 counties. And so um, if one of those counties is hit by an EF3 tornado, it's a horrible day. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. care if the other 21 counties are just fine. That is a horrible, horrible day. Um, and I tell people all the time, it, it takes one tornado to make it a bad day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Marmaduke tornado in 2006, one tornado. No, that was two tornadoes. Actually, wind got hit that same day. Um, you know, Jonesboro tornado. You know, it, it's 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 usually one. You know, it's not 1999 a lot. You know, it's yeah. not five tornadoes in a day. Um, and actually, I saw an article uh, in the region. It was a 127 tornadoes in three days. In, uh, in, in, in the, the, the 99? The, yeah, 99? Yeah, it was wild. In the Mississippi man. River like area that, that stretches from Texas and Louisiana, Arkansas. That what, would would have caused, what would have caused that? that uh, and I'd have to go back and look at that because in 99, I'm still a meteorology student right. and, and probably wasn't looking back sure. this direction. But, I mean, we heard about it, of course. But um, more than likely, it was just a stagnant pattern that we really just stayed unstable and the, and the jet stream just kind of stayed on top of us, kind of a blocking pattern. Wow. 
Not fun. No. No. What are the stories that you are hearing from people who have gone through these traumatic experiences? Like, what is it like to experience in like an F three tornado? Is that what Marmaduke was in F three? Marmaduke was an F three. Jonesboro like was, was an F three. Than that, but um, I guess they go by damage, right? Not by it, like the size of the funnel, right? It can be a, it can be a mile wide, and it's all it's all based on the damage. Damage. Yeah. So, like, what are what is that like? I mean, I, I you know grew up here, like, oh, it sounds like a freight train or yeah. whatever. Like, what are the stories that you hear from people who are like, man, we were in our house, and sure enough, here it comes. Like, you know, you never get a sound; you just get people saying it was very loud. And I can, and if you if you wrap your mind around that, you can kind of get it. You know, yeah. where it's not really, it's not really, it doesn't sound like anything. It's just very loud. Is that pressure? Like, is that Probably a combination air, of air pressure. The, like if you're in an airplane, it just can feel much louder than it probably actually is. Yeah, kind of echoey loud, I would think. Um, you know, we tell people to, to get into an interior rooms. And if you go walk the damage path of Marmaduke mm-hmm. or Wynn, uh, that's where the people were. You know, if you were if you lived, that's where people were. They were in the, the middle thing. And those, those are where you get the stories. You know, people are like, I was sitting right there in the middle. It was just so loud. Just so loud. Yeah. Crazy. So when a tornado... Um, so we, we have a potential for tornadoes, right? Usually, walk me through your day, what your day looks like. So I know those are insane. You work a crazy amount of hours, and your, and your staff does as well. But, like, what does that look like? So you know there's a great potential for tornadoes. You're going to be on call immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you get into the studio. Walk us through that. Like, what does that actually look like behind the scenes for you to be navigating that and providing commentary we plan, plan, plan. I mean, we have meetings ahead of time. Uh, we know where the reporters are going to be. Um, where do we put the storm tracker? And the storm tracker is not just out there to give us, you know, cool pictures of the tornado. It's, you know, uh, it is relaying uh, real-time reports. Take wind, for example. Uh, Jace was out there on 306. Uh, he was one of the first people to see it touch down. We pass that along to the weather service. They then upgrade the warning to uh, considerable damage tornado warning. And it just changes the tone of everything. Um you know, it, it, I think if people know that if they see a tornado and they're like, oh, that is a tornado and it's southwest of us, it increases the awareness to where people actually don't try to go outside and look at it. Like they take action. And, um, you know, so so we, we make sure we put the storm tracker in a good location, make sure the reporters are in place. Uh, so our team right now, that would be Jason, the storm tracker. Uh, we're now we went to two people in the storm tracker. Then we went to one during covid mm-hmm. uh, and we're going back to two now. Um, you got two people out uh, in the storm tracker. Uh, Castleberry and I will kind of decide when we're going to be in place at the same time together. And uh, you try to just clear your schedule. I used to like, you know, if I had a school visit planned, I'd still go and, and things like that, but you don't. You just got to clear your mind, eat a good meal, eat a good meal, uh, eat yeah. a good breakfast. and Because uh, you don't know how much sleep you're going to get. You don't know how much sleep you're going to get. You want to conserve your voice. Um, you know, if you're on speaking for four or five hours, um, you know, some people will be like, oh, you're just talking. But mm-hmm. it, it gets. Did you got to have a lot of information coming your way? Yes. So, and how do you decipher between that? Like, because you're also, don't you have, I mean, you have friends and other people that are out there. Yeah. Like, is there spotters? Is that a thing? There is. There's spotters and there's certain people. There's certain people that I talk to that morning and I'll say, hey, what's like Brad Snyder or Mike McCammon or Eric Wright or, uh, you know, I'm on the Green County Rescue Squad. So, we're talking uh, also. There's a lot of people that, uh, I, that I tell them, you can text me, but if you call me, I know that you want to say something on air ah, and I will okay. use my watch and let them hear through there, which uh, we've done that uh, twice with Truman uh, with uh, their now mayor. And they're calling to probably tell you I spotted something. I spotted something. You know, if you go back to December 10th, uh, J. Paul Woods, uh, who's the mayor of Truman now, he called me and he said the tornado just touched down. Like literally it was still in the city. Mm-hmm. As he was coming through. Jeez. And uh, so, yeah. Has there been a time that you've been here in uh, this region that you were legitimately scared? I'm almost, I don't like, know if I'm getting softer. Yeah. But I, I, and I don't know if it's being a father or yeah. just being older or wiser or seeing more damage. Um, you know, when I look back to 2006 with the Marmaduke tornado, um, that was kind of my first big tornado. You that knew that was, you big. knew it was bad. Yeah. You, you're getting, you're here because it hit touchdown where? Life. Or Shannon. That, that was the first place it touched down. Shannon was where it touched and down. And the first report you got was what? The first time, because you can't see it. You just know that something's crazy. Happening. In life, uh, somebody, one of the, I believe it was the sheriff's deputy, said over the radio, because we didn't have Twitter then. Or if we did, it was very, yeah. very unused. Right. Um, and someone said, mile wide tornado on the ground. 
Which and you so, hear a lot. Did you know that was a trusted source or were you like, yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, and looking at radar, you know, we went on air, not to like pat ourselves on the back. This is just what goes through our mind. We went on air before the tornado warning came out because it had baseball-sized hail. I had a professor one time say, if you can have baseball-sized hail in a tornadic environment, then it's then then you're about to have a tornado. Jeez. You know, nothing really based on, you know. Isn't it crazy how so- that sticks with you? And it stuck with me, and it's like, oh, Dr. Connor said this. And so and so we started getting baseball-sized hail reports, and so I went on. And then it touched down, Shannon. And then we got a mile-wide tornado report in Leif. Did that blow you away when you heard that? Like, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mile-wide. And, and then you see it coming toward Marmaduke, and immediately, here's my problem is, you start thinking of people that live there. Yeah. So like immediately yeah. you're like, oh, Tim and Heather Knoll or yep. Shane Robinson or, you know, yeah. all these people start popping up in your head and you're like, you just, you see faces. What were you telling people? Oh, take cover, get underground. Were you tell them it was a mile wide? I mean, you try to get, no, I didn't. Back then we didn't, um, it's almost like you trusted the reports, but you didn't. Yeah. You didn't want to be the guy that's like a mile wide. They're like, dude, no, it's no, not. it's not. Chill right. out, bro. Yeah. And Ron Smiley was out in the storm tracker. Then he was near Halliday and I told him to stop. And I said, just stop. And that, you know, that was one of those things where it's like, we know it's there. you knew we're going to drop down that south. Yeah. Right. And I was like, just stop. No need to put yourself in the path of it. Because that's the last thing that we need is somebody in the storm tracker to get in the path of it. I tell kids all the time, you know, we just try to get close enough to see it. You know, if you see the people on YouTube that go into the tornado, they're crazy. They're not us. <laughs> so. Um, well, there's that video that you shared of someone, the, the danger of, Trying to get the cool video. Oh, yeah. And they almost got sucked out of a building. Yeah. That was crazy to see that. You never been storm chasing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I went, uh, so I was with uh, Vortex 2, which was a research group uh, in Oklahoma. And I uh, got to take part in that several years ago. That's really cool. I've yeah. got a, um, Chris knows the story, but I got a, there was a kid in I was in sixth grade, used to just wear me out, make fun of me all the time. His name was Josh Miles. And I can say that because he, He's now a pastor, and he found me online yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, and he reached out and was like, first off, I want to apologize for how he's treated you, but secondly, I noticed that you're a pastor, and he's like, and I remember you used to be scared of storms in middle school. He said, I actually have a storm-chasing ministry now, and he said, I want to invite you to come with me in Oklahoma this spring. I didn't get a chance to do it, obviously, but yeah. uh, I've thought about joining him and going out there. I thought, what a unique little niche ministry, storm-chasing ministry. Uh, yeah, right before he starts talking, hey, and up next, this guy made fun of me in uh, middle school. <laughs> That's it, man. Well, I... There's so many more questions I would like to ask you, but since I have requested the kids send me some yeah. questions, I want to get to some of them. And so, um, and we'll learn something from this as well. There's a lot of, we already asked about tornadoes. So um, I'm not going to get into that, but here's a couple questions around lightning. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from Abel and Knox Jackson. Matt right. Jackson's yep. kids. Uh, what causes lightning and why does some lightning strike the ground or strike trees, whatever? Environment always wants to be in a balance. And lightning is simply electric charges. And it's the same way that if we scuff our feet across the floor and on carpet in the middle of winter and we go and touch our, you know, sibling's ear, it zaps them. Yes, it's sibling stuff that you do. Um, And that is, so when you're scuffing your feet, you're knocking electric charges off of yourself and you're trying, and so then the environment is trying to balance itself out. So those electric charges to balance out go in between you and the person. Same thing with the cloud and lightning, uh, clouds and other clouds or clouds in the ground. Uh, as you get the updrafts and you get small hailstones uh, colliding with each other, then you get the um, the charges to get unbalanced. Huh. So you then you have that discharge of cloud to cloud or cloud to ground or even ground to cloud lightning. Uh, so you have positive strikes, you have negative strikes, and that gets really, really nerdy. But uh, so then that discharge happens, heats up the, the air around it, uh, and then expands, and then you get the sound of lightning, which is thunder. Does that make sense? Uh, no, not really. But if if you have, I mean, if you have the lightning in the clouds yes. versus the lightning that strikes the ground, what's yes. the difference? Uh, and, uh, that's a discharge in the balance between two clouds versus the discharge in the balance between the cloud and okay. the ground. Yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. Perfect. Uh, Ezra Miller asks, why does lightning make you dead? <laughs> Fun fact. Actually, lightning typically doesn't kill you. Hmm. Seriously? Yeah. A lot I of times it might blow you apart when it hits you. Uh, it can. But a lot of times it just, because it's electrical and your neurological system is electrical, a lot of times it just messes you up for life. In what way? Uh, just changes your your neurological thing, so it may make it where you can't use your arms as well. Of course, it burns you also if you get a direct hit. But there's a lot of people that get hit and live. 
How many people? Let me ask you this: Do you know anybody that's ever been struck by lightning? My grandmother. Wow. Yeah. When you were how old? I don't know. She just told stories about how she was hit by lightning when she was, uh, you know, washing the dishes one time. We got hit through the washing window. the dishes. Yeah. So that can happen. Like Went through, that's according to grandma. It is. Can you? I always heard this too. Don't get in the bathroom shower when there's lightning. See, I've heard that before. But as a son of a plumber, most of my pipes are PVC, so yeah. they're like, oh, the pipes and that's this. Probably and old, that. yeah. Yeah, maybe it's an old thing. That's a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. I think. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a shower. I shower in lightning. I just I want to aim for that now. So I'm, next time it's uh, just like meteorologists shower in lightning, so you can too. I was at a summer camp in a, a the the cabin that we had. A girl was taking a shower. And it had a tin roof, and it's super old, so it probably had probably copper had pipes too. Yeah. But lightning struck, and she she got hit. Like it hurt her. Wow, she, she lived, but it hurt Jeez. her. The craziest things happen at church camps. <laughs> Seriously, man. Uh, Harper Jackson wants to know where does the staff from K eight go when the tornado is close? Great question. We found that out uh, last year. Uh, we go into a middle hallway. Uh, which is pretty good. It's brick old block. We have two or three walls between us and the outside, so it, it would withstand an EF three. Um, but there are plans in place right now with a local uh, company where we're going to probably reinforce that with some steel. That's a good idea. Yeah, you have to be there. I've only taken the cover once. That was that time. You know. So yeah, I think I sent a picture we, of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Your kids were with you, weren't you? I had. Uh, yeah, we had uh, uh, my daughters and uh, and our foster daughter at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. Um, so there were several kids that asked questions basically around like, how do you predict the, the, the future as far as like the weather goes? Like, how do you know what's going to happen several days out or like even in the moment, like here's, you know, how intense this is. Here's where it's going. Well, full circle, you know, mid nineties, you know, we use a magic eight ball and we, (laughs) (laughs) how bad will this, uh, (laughs) yes, certainty. Uh, no, we have what's called computer models and you know, questions like this are always tough to not get too nerdy. So, uh, so we take layman's terms, you're talking to, yeah, so we take, uh, so we take, uh, the weather, the surface, surface observations here on the ground, you know, that's going outside with the thermometer and measuring the temperature and the wind speed and the pressure. Well, not only that, but we also send weather balloons up at 60-something locations, I believe, across the United States. So weather balloons are going up to see what's happening, you know, at 5,000, 10,000, 60,000 feet. Eventually, that balloon pops and comes down to the ground. Well, we take all of those instruments, we put them into a computer. And that computer tries to model what the atmosphere is going to do um, over the next, we can go 16 days out on some of the models, but we only forecast eight days out. So certain models have biases, certain models, uh, you know, are, are a little wetter or drier or, 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 you know, maybe that pattern just doesn't usually happen. So you have to discern that also. And another good forecasting thing is you take a computer model that maybe was a model run from last night and you look at what's happening right now and you're like, okay, well, was the model right 12 hours ago for what's happening right now? No, it's not. So then you adjust to that. Interesting. So, some but brilliant again, people behind all this. Oh, the modeling is just incredible. I mean, I've been doing this 22 years, and if you had told me the technology that we have now uh, versus then, I would have my mind would have been blown. Then people joke around about forecast. Uh, you know, it must be nice to be wrong half the time. And, <laughs> and, but to be honest, not to pat ourselves on the yeah. back, but we do a pretty good job these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that your radars and stuff like that are just dramatically different from the 90s. Like radar is. Almost, I'm a radar meteorologist. Yeah. I love radar. Like there, you know, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. My weakness is snow forecasting. I'll just tell you, I just, <laughs> it just is. You know, it's like, you know, oh, you said we're gonna get three inches, and we got five inches of snow. Yeah. Okay, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I wish we, I, I wish people didn't need to know how much. I could yeah. just be like, it's gonna snow. Okay. Well, yeah. and here's the thing: to your, you know, to your defense, my brother will send me the screenshots of that group that you're on yeah. with Jason Hampton and all them, and it's like. I always crack up because you can tell there's a little kid in every one of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a monster. They're so excited about, like, you know. And so, yeah, every now and then I go, like, easy, guys. Easy <laughs> now. Easy now. But, you know, I, I love radar. I love, uh, and you have to continue in education is so key in our business because it's always changing. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of smart people working on modeling and radar and, and just uh, some great things in, in the meteorology enterprise. Great. That's right. All right. So here's some random questions. We'll do this. Give me 30 seconds on each of these. Uh, or if you can answer in less, answer in less. So this is from, these next two are from my kids. Um, how do clouds form? Clouds form when water vapor condenses. Is that good enough? Um, yeah. 
So it's a water cycle. You got water on the ground. It evaporates. Turns anywhere into water, on the water, ground. Anywhere on the ground. Oceans, lakes, whatever. Right. And it gets carried, uh, you know, the clouds that we have above us may be from moisture from the Pacific Ocean, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. But it's uh, water vapor that condenses. I said I was going to ask another question for my kid, but this just goes with actually Chris's son, Jackson, asked, why is the grass wet in the morning? That's dew. So near the surface and on the elevated surfaces, the temperature cools down to the dew point. Uh, which is where the uh, water vapor uh, condenses onto the leaves of the uh, of the grass. Now you have to have a clear sky so that uh, that the air radiates away from the elevated surfaces, uh, and you also have to have light wind or no wind because if you have any wind at all, it's just going to evaporate. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it forms does. but it evaporates. Okay, yeah. here's another one. Um, what causes sleet? Versus snow versus freezing rain. Okay, snow, 32 degrees from where it forms, way up in the sky, all the way down to the ground. Or if it does, if it does get above freezing, it's not enough to melt the snowflake. Sleet starts as snow. There's some warm layer somewhere up there, you know, six, 7,000 feet up that melts that snowflake. But then there is at least enough air below that to refreeze before it hits the ground. Typically, I like to go with about 1,100 feet. Uh, if we're on a borderline situation, you have to have about 1,100, 1,200 feet for it to refreeze. If it doesn't refreeze, then it falls as liquid, but at the ground it's 32 or below. So once it hits the ground, then it freezes. That's the really nasty stuff. That's the that nasty. That we do not want. Yeah, it sticks to power lines and stuff. Yeah, that's no bueno. Yep. Um, one more question from the kids. This is from Oliver Watson. and He wants to know, why does the weatherman never get nervous on camera? Oh, I do. I, I, I do. Um I get nervous. I get emotional. Uh, you know, wind tornado. Once again, I, I've become an, an emotional person. I used to not be, I used to be a heartless, just <laughs> doing whatever, but, uh, it's that age, man, it is, it I, it's as age as it ki- yep. uh, kids. Maybe I don't know, but, um, you know, once again, I get nervous when tornadoes are coming into places. I get nervous of that. Um, I, I, I get sad. You know, the first time someone says Armadillo was hit, First time you're watching a tornado rip through Jonesboro. First time you hear wind took a direct hit. Monette took a direct hit. Leachville took a direct hit. It hurts. And see, I'm like thinking about right now. I mean, it it hurts because, um, you know, that's people. It's just like, I think meteorologists sometimes we get wrapped up in the radar of it. Mm -hmm. All the science. Yeah, all the science. You're like, oh, man, look at that velocity couplet and that correlation coefficient drop and all this stuff. And, And you're just like, man, someone's house just got tore up. Yeah. And, um, and not you know, just the tornadoes. I mean, the weather affects so much, like farming. And, oh, yeah. You know, all these things we don't even think about. It's like these are real people behind the weather that are impacted by this. There's another selfish thing. So we get people, what I say doesn't change the weather. You know, because so I can say something like along the lines of, hey, we got a dry 4th of July. That's great. And I'll get some farmer, farmer's wife go, oh, that's great for your 4th of July, uh, but we need rain. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it doesn't matter what I say. It's going to do what it's going to yes. do. But, you know, and can't I remind win. them also. Yeah. No, you can't win. But yeah. I, and I've, I've reminded uh, farmers and, and whoever, you know, that they're like, you know, we need rain. It's our livelihood. And I'm like, yeah. And my buddy owns a construction company and he needs dry weather. Yeah. So and that's or this his person livelihood. over here that I know is getting married on that day. And yeah. And they the wedding and they don't want it to rain. Yeah. You know, just so there's things like that. So two things. You know, what I say is going to do whatever it wants to do, regardless if I'm cheerleading it or not. That's right. And, and then second is like what you want may not be what someone else wants. That's exactly right. No, it's good. It's good to hear, too, that you at times get nervous. I think it's good for others to hear that as well, um, because you know, one of the greatest fears for people is public speaking. And, and, and I always tell people that, um, they ask me like, and I've been, I've been preaching for a long time and it's like, do you get nervous when you preach more? It's like, yeah, I do every Sunday. And I think, well, you know, I was a communications major. Uh, I, I got my, my degree in communication studies at Arkansas state university. And I remember one of the things that I learned early on talking about like stuff that professors say yeah. that stick with you. And I remember, uh, Chris Harper once told me, he was like, if you don't tell people you're nervous, they'll never know. And he's like, so don't ever get me. Like, I'm really nervous right now. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, because people won't know. You they know won't. And it's like, you just get up there and you go through your whatever it is. And, and I think it's important for people to know that, that even a professional like you, someone who still does, it's like, hey, there's still times where I'm like, yeah, I hope I do a good job. Or I still feel a little bit nervous over this weather. Or, man, am I going to give this information correctly or whatever? Because you don't come across that way. Right. It, well, as far as like speaking to a lot of people, it's funny. In the studio, it's me and Castleberry and like Diana Davis, you know. So when I do speak in public, I am a little like, sure. whoa, there's a lot of people here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and you're vulnerable because it's like you are literally putting yourself out there for all these people looking at you. And whether they're judging you or not, all right. that 
there's a narrative in the mind. It's like, maybe they are judging me. Maybe they're like, this guy's an idiot or he doesn't know what he's talking about right. or whatever else. Yeah. That's, that makes you vulnerable. Man. Oh, that does. Yeah. You know, this guy's an idiot. This guy's, <laughs> man, he's gained a lot of weight, man. He's got less hair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought he'd be more interested yeah. in this. Or oh, whatever he shaved else. his beard. That looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I want to move into rapid fire questions. Uh, these are the questions we ask at the end of every podcast. And so, um, did we do these last time you were on? I don't think so. Yeah. It's kind of a new thing. We yeah. Cause it, someone I mean, asked me about him and I was like, yeah, did, we but, started but doing it, um, I don't know, probably, I mean, not too long after. We've been in it for over a year now. And so for some people, they say this is one of their favorite parts of the episodes is to hear these. So uh, we'll fire them off. Ready? It's funny. I forgot them now. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? For like, sure. You listen to them and then you forget You listen to them and I'm like, yeah. I forget what he asked Yeah, that's me. good. That's the best, man. <laughs> so, you know, I always tell people, they, they'll ask me. Matter of fact, um, some of our staff members here the other day, Stephanie Chris was asking me, she was like, you write down all your questions and give it to them before and all that. And I was like... No, I was like, I don't like, we just really roll with the conversation and people are like, really? And so it's like, same thing with rapid fire yeah. questions. You know, you just rapid fire. Just rapid. Don't think about it before. All right. So uh, first question is what is the last show or movie you watched or book that you read? Mm, uh, we, we watched a show called night agent. I believe we're kind of going in between that and Jack Ryan, okay. but we're on the Jack Ryan that, uh, uh, the Russian one. And it's very hard to follow. But yeah, both those are really good. Agent? Night agent, yeah. Is it as good as Night Rider? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Doesn't have a cool car. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite band? You can go either of mm. all time or right now. Actually, go for all time if you can. If there's like just one. Oh, if there's CD just one that, that we. Buy. That, okay, yeah. we. Uh, What's their greatest hits? We'll say that. Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews. Yeah. We've had that before. Uh, what's one song by Dave Matthews that if somebody's like, I don't know if I even know anything they have, you know, saying or whatever. Tough. What's the song they should say? 41, Satellite. Um, Satellite. Two-Step. Ants Marching. Man, I like them all. Oh, man. Jennifer and I got uh, engaged after a Dave Matthews concert wow. at the Ryman. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. That well, I bet cool. that was a great show. Yeah. You can Acoustic. Watch, you can watch him and uh, Tim Reynolds at uh, Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. That's the best concert I've ever watched on video. I mean, they're great. I mean, it's just, really you know, this was rhyming. It was a, it was a rug and like three guitar stands and two stools. I mean, Super. literally we just look out in the crowd. So what do y'all want to hear? They wow. tell them they just go wow. with it. Yeah, it was awesome. Super intimate setting. And then we got engaged in the rain. Yeah, it's in the perfect. middle of Fifth Avenue, downtown Nashville. That's perfect, man. <laughs> Dang, dude. Hope my wife doesn't listen to this. Yeah. She'll be like... Yeah, can you go back? Kids now, though, man, they go yeah. way above that, though. Oh, they go man, nuts dude. now. Anyways. It's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what is your favorite meal? Man, I'm a hamburger guy. Mm. Okay, I like love gourmet a good burger. burger, smash burger. What are you doing? Uh, any man, I, if you tell me a good place to eat around here with a burger. I mean, I am all about it. Where's the best burger in Northeast Arkansas? Woo! I'm going to make someone mad on this one. <laughs> you going to go with Hertz? All right. Herds is my favorite, but it's not just because of the burger. It's because of the, the environment. The environment, yeah. uh, the people. I can go in there and talk to farmers, get an update on agriculture. There's going to almost always be farmers in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The owners are just awesome. Yeah. Which that's what, you need You need one of them on one time. You know, their son is like a guitar player for Candlebox or something. Really? Yeah, speaking of 90s music. That's crazy. Bro. I'm putting them on there. <laughs> You're like, what? Do you have yeah. their contact information? Uh, no. Man, you know, I can just I don't call even know the if they rest. have a phone. You have to pay cash on it. But, you know, yeah, Herds, uh, um, Shake Shack. They now Where's have that one. at? Uh, it's usually a Marion, but uh, Tacker's Shake Shack. Um, um, if you're going to get a burger in Paragold, where are you going to get one? I mean, I know oh, you probably go to Doom, all the places. But. Dumas Walker at Limited House Grill. Mm. Really? Yeah. The Dumas Walker? Yeah. I got the queso burger. I buy it so, so much. I they just need to call it the Ryan burger. <laughs> there you go. We need to have them on here. We're actually, you know, we're doing a food tour right now, which I invite yeah, you yeah, yeah. couldn't do it because you're contracting. Uh, they're lined up next, I think, is yeah. Limited House and Grill. So the Dumas Walker, what's on it? Coleslaw, bacon, barbecue sauce. Mm. Wow. Yeah. See, I figured you might go like Hamburger Station or Roy's or something like that. No. Shout no. out to Lemonade. Yeah. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Uh... Uh, the charger to my watch, um, <laughs> the charger to my watch, uh, the pager for uh, for the rescue squad, and uh, there's a there's a book that um, I don't even want to say the title of it because uh, they would know. But I had some parents hand us a book about raising kids, and uh, 
And it was almost like, are you trying to offend me? You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you that when the when the mics are off, we'll, we'll tell that. The but it's just make funny. It better is if they just had a six month old. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, like here's a book you yeah. might want. And I was like, I think my kids are okay. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I leave it there really just as a funny. This. I never read yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sitting there. Yeah. Uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Uh, people with older kids. People with college kids will get this. Uh, Life 360. Mm-hmm. When you lay down in the bed at night and all your little circles are right there at home. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That happened this weekend. All your little circles are there. You're like, yeah. So. Man, enjoy that time with the kids. Yep. Uh, I heard Luke Moore once say, and I'm sure to hear from someone else, but it's uh, that the the days are long, but the years are short. Oh, big time! You don't there. get that until you're, you get to a no, certain point in life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> then you just start sounding like that old man. It's like Take just cried. Yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. you, well, you see your friends with younger kids, and you're like, oh, soak it in. And they're like, oh, golly, I'm that old man now. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, uh, last question: What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Um. That's a toss up. I mean, you, you know, the, 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 the easy answer is family, but really just health. Yeah. You know, we're getting to that age now where you have so many friends that uh, have heart issues or have cancer yep. and they're not that old. I mean, it's not like I'm old. I'm, you know, in my you know forties and um, you know, there's just so many people battling health stuff that like, you know, I'm just grateful. We're all, we're all doing good right now. Yeah, man. So it's great. Yeah. Well, Ryan, it's always a lot of fun to hang out with you. Thanks again for coming on. Good to be here. All right, and Ryan Vaughn has left the building. Always a great conversation with Ryan. Easy to have a conversation with a guy like that. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, super knowledgeable too. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. And to those of you who are listening, thanks so much for tuning in. If you've not already done so, please check us out on our social media platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Those are the spots that we post most frequently. And if you've not done this, please, uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, give us a five-star rating there or on uh, Apple, um, give us a five-star rating there. That just helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people who are living right here in this city. So as always, thanks for listening. Until next time.